One of my favorite REO Speedwagon songs, Roll With The Changes. The Gentleman's Dojo is back for the second week of March. We are very, very excited. Well, I'm excited because normally my good buddy and co-host Steve Byrne is here, but he is out on the road and he's working on a few different projects that, as you all know, will fail miserably. So uh, (laughs) uh, we were so excited. Uh, Julia Sharp, who's also known as Goldie, a good friend of mine who I've known for a long time, who's now a big part of Seth MacFarlane's team and just had a show uh, that debuted uh, last weekend on Fox called Making History, uh, Sunday nights at 8.30. He joined us last week, so we were excited to have him. Although, just as excited to have this very funny comic joining us, who I've known for a long, long time. She is here in the dojo. I am solo, flying by myself without Steve, which makes the vibe so much better. Please welcome the very funny Dana Eagle. How about a round of applause for Dana Eagle, everybody? I like how Dana's applauding herself because I gave there's nobody else here. Your own applause. Your own applause. So, I first of all, I've known you for a long time. We have. When did we first meet? I don't even know. Long we time were, ago. We uh, were Lee Levine connection. Sure. Yeah, Lee yeah, yeah. Levine, great comedian, lost say, his civilian listen, life. Listen, listen. Let's just say comedian. We don't have to <laughs> preface it with an adjective. He was a comedian. No. Uh, we met probably through him, right? Yes, we did. We met through Lee. And it was, uh, yeah, we were doing some of those shows at Brea Improv yeah. and stuff. And, yeah, and we just sort of, that that thing of, like, you keep passing each other. And then I you're know. like, I, and then suddenly you turn around and you're like, oh, we have a history. Well, it's so weird because you don't see people for a long time. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that person is now doing SNL. That person is this. This person's doing that. So you don't really see people because when I started doing stand-up in San Francisco, you'd see everybody on Sunday nights at the clubs. But, you know, L.A.'s so big, you don't get a chance to see people as much as you'd like to. Right. right? So it's it's a little different dynamic. It's all that stuff. But I, I there was a while where I hadn't seen you for a long time. Right. And also then when you're on the road, you have these very intense weeks or experiences with people. And yes. then, like, you see each other five years later. Well, We had that thing. Yes. At, that was the one where – that was Completely. our bond. Where we had this one where, like – 100%. I was booked with – Craig and you were booked with Mitch, Mitch. and yep. then the club uh, didn't tell you guys that I was still in yep. the uh, Marco the Island, club Florida. Presence. Yep, and yep, you guys yep. just walked in, and I was like, "Oh, hi." Yep, I remember that. I hadn't seen you in a long time. We were getting in Sunday night. You were still yes. there, and there was like a double book. It's like a typical situation of like eighty people are at the comedy condo, yep. so yep. you were still there. And then that's and then I think that club tried to screw you out of some money, and yeah. then there was all this weirdness going on. And then that was kind that of how was, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I just remember weirdness. But at the same time, it was Florida, and Florida yeah. pretty much always guarantees something weird is. Uh, of course, of course. And that was that was at a club that was in a restaurant, and I just remember going into that club for the first time, asking the club owner, "Hey, where's the showroom?" Right. And he literally just points yes. over to his left oh and says, God. "Oh, there it is." Yes, that's one of those where you're on the road for a while and you're like, oh, I'm getting the hang of this. And yes. then you show up there and you're like, wait, I'm perform what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these yeah. people are going to shut up and listen? Yeah, I'm performing in front of like these big plates of lobster. Yes. And you can hear the clanking of the forks in the back. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Now, it but is. do you do, because do we were both on tour. We both worked for, with Craig for a little bit. You yes. a little bit more than me. We're, are, are you still doing a lot of road dates now? I mean, obviously you got this book out that we're going to talk about, which I'm very excited about. The book, which yes. you sent me an advanced copy of. I did. How to Be Depressed, A Guide. Yes. This is fan, the, the name of the book is great. I absolutely Thank love you. it. 
Um, but are you still doing a lot of stand-up on the road? I'm getting back on the road now. So um, I, I don't want to drop the bomb right at the beginning. But you know, like when sure. I, right after I got the book deal, I was <laughs> to write a book – uh, to write a comedy about uh, mental illness, I was diagnosed with a physical illness, which was cancer. I got right. a little sprinkle of cancer. So that kind of between doing the book and then the treatment and, uh, yeah, just kind of finding my way back to what's next. But you were – yeah, right. So you were diagnosed with cancer, right? Yes. And it, it was it – was, I remember – reaching yes. out to you to do something else and you had told me that that, that was going on. Right. And I was like, yeah, I could totally do that because right. they told me they were like, no, you're getting so little radiation, it's not going to affect you and that I was so sick day one. And, right. And I think I, I was like, I'm still going to make it, I'm still going to make it. And then I had to call at the last minute and be like, I'm not going to And the truth it. was you were just really run down. I mean, just with everything that was going on and just going through a lot of stuff. Right. Actually, I think that one I had actually just started the radiation and right. it really uh, knocked me out. But because um, they lie. Uh, right. But uh, no, uh, apparently people don't get sick from the amount of radiation that I had. Not the way that I did, but I have a very large stomach, it turns out. Really? Yes. He said my stomach extends like right here, like almost all the way around to the side. He used my stomach in a presentation, a picture of my stomach, and I didn't get credit. How could you have a large stomach? I have a large stomach. How could you have a large stomach? I don't know. I mean, I think it was like a proportional thing. Like it was proportional to like the size. Like he was very surprised when he saw it. And so – I just took it as a compliment. Like, I've been bragging about it ever since, and everybody just looks at me like, And your stomach was on a, like, a photo seminar that he did. It was on a presentation showing other radiation oncologists, this is the kind of person who gets sick from having radiation to their stomach, even when it's in a small amount. So So, how did you, how did you find out that you had this? I mean, did you, was there, was there, yeah, was there? Um, I had a stomachache for, like, eight or nine years. Yeah. I had a stomachache, but, you know, I'm a performer, I'm Jewish, and so it just made sense that it was the IBS thing, okay. you know, that all the performers have. And it would sort of like, there were times when I'd be really laid up, and I'd be like, this has to be organ failure. But then I would feel better, and I'd be like, I don't think organ failure goes away. And then I just went to, uh, I had tried a couple of doctors, but you know, um, I guess with the depression, you get very convinced that everything's in your head. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very easy to convince me that it was in my head. I was like, yeah, probably everything else is. And uh, and then I went to this one doctor, and she's like, this is not IBS. You got something else here. Are you are you like a lot of comics? Because a lot of comics don't have health insurance. Were you fortunate enough to have health insurance? I did have health insurance. I will say, you, you know, because someone had asked me, they're like, were you upset that they didn't diagnose you earlier? And I'm like... The thing is, is I was diagnosed the first year out of uh, Affordable Care Act. Oh, okay. And so what ended up happening was I, yeah, I mean, so I just lucked out because otherwise I'd be living in Boca. I had insurance before. It's just all the insurances had, um, you know, those really high deductibles. And and they had limits on what they'd pay. Yeah. And, uh, like, it turns out a month of uh, radiation is like $200,000. And so- um, if it wasn't for those laws, then yeah, I'd be living with my mom and her tennis team in Boca Raton. <laughs> because, be but your fun. mom came out to help you. My mom came out. Right, 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 right. So she came here rather than you go there. Yes, I lived with my my mom lived with me in my one bedroom apartment, 
and uh, we were we were roomies for a little sure. while, and it uh, it actually worked out. But fine. there's something about that that's awesome. It's <laughs> it great, was. right? Yeah, it, I mean, it was great also because I have the kind of mom who's not a. Uh, like dragged down by things like she was totally on board that I had to finish this book like my radiation was supposed to be at nine o'clock in the morning every but it wiped me out and so I I actually tried to quit radiation the second day I was like you said this wasn't gonna affect me I have to get a book in I'm I found out about a different like some weird study I'm like I'm gonna go do that and they're like we're gonna have the doctor meet with you. Sure. <laughs> and so we changed it so that my radiation was at four p.m. And then oh. like my mom was totally on board, and we had like this little routine that we would do to try and keep me awake after it. And uh, so she was great. And she was mobile. She drove my car. She walked around. Yeah, it's funny because so, when I met your mom, because you guys came to the Conan show, yes. your mom like just had her own independence of living. I mean, she. I mean, yes. my mom wouldn't drive around in this town. There's no way. There's no way, but your mom was moving and grooving. She she drives. She uh, goes to yoga class. Like sometimes I'm like, where did she go? And right. I'm like, oh, she's at the Beverly Center. <laughs> Just gone. Like Just yeah, where's gone. Dana? Who knows? Yes, exactly. Did, did the book idea come about when you got the diagnosis, or was it before that? No, the book. I got the diagnosis like right after I got the book deal with the publisher. Okay. And then I didn't tell anybody. That was probably not a smart move. I so see. then I didn't tell anybody. Um but the book came about because I had done a one person show in Aspen, which you know those are only have to be about like twenty, thirty minutes. Okay. And then I wanted to really take a stab at doing a full length show. Um, because I'm pretentious, and uh, <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna write a whole play. Sure. And uh, I I got pretty far, but this was one of the the opening uh, piece in chapter one here, which is like first you're gonna need sweatpants. Uh, was a, a character, a professor giving a a lecture on depression that kind of like ends up spiraling out in the middle of it. And so when I brought that into uh, my writers group, because I'm pretentious, uh, <laughs> they uh, they said uh, that's that's a book. And actually, it was uh, Lee Levine. We went. We were playing a, a rehab center. Okay. Okay. Not not as good as the Lobster House, but it was a, <laughs> actually it's one of my favorite billboards ever. I still have a photo of it, and it's our name in uh, in in a dry on a dry erase board, yeah. and it says Dana Eagle, like on a sandwich Levine. board. Yes. Okay. Yes. And uh, in front of the rehab center. Fr- n- well, no, it was just like in this little room within the rehab center. But okay. they did make sure to like use blue for one of our names and red oh. for another name. Somebody in charge of advertising. Right. Right. Yeah. VR. And so um, at that time, I had tried like bringing it to Kinko's and like sort of laying it out as like a little 10 page thing. Okay. And I remember I stayed up to try and end. Because I thought the people from the rehab might want it. Uh, then I remember people from rehab probably don't have money to buy stuff. So I just ended up giving them out. But Lee looked at it and he was like, this is your thing. You have to do this. And then every few years I would see Lee and he'd be like, did you finish that? Because you have to finish that. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I actually have to make sure to get him a book. So He doesn't read. He does. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. So it, it was it was actually him kind of pushing it like, hey, I mean. Yes. I have to say like. Because that was about the time where he went off and uh, got married got and decided married. he wanted to like live a life in a live, home, live whatever. In I know, right? And um, but then every time we saw each other, he's like, "What? What are you waiting for? You got to do it." And then it just uh, it happened. And then 
uh, the first time out with uh, like to, to publishers and stuff. Like I got the thing of uh, we don't. I have to print this. I have to remember to print this rejection. It was a rejection. Uh, I think possibly from Chronicle Books. Okay. And it was it was something because uh, I think they did uh, the Neurotics Notebook and the Hypochondriacs Handbook. Okay. And they said, uh, look, it's just we don't know. We don't think that. Uh, this group of people has a sense of humor about it the way that these other diseases do. Okay. And so it was just very, and I was like, well, obviously he's never been depressed. So uh, it was said in a really hilarious way, though. So um, comparing diseases and the attributes of people with different diseases. Right. So uh, so it was rejected at first, and then in the few years between, I let it sit a little longer. Uh, I was doing other stuff. I was. I can't tell you what. I did a CD. Um <laughs> You know, isn't that weird when you try and look back and account for time? And I know, like, I know. I don't know what it took I was me doing. one year to do something. You're just like that should have taken two months. <laughs> one year, I can't see anything that I did. And I mean, I have friends with kids going off to college, yeah. and I'm like, oh, still putting the artwork together for the CD. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know, I know. I have a CD in a book. <laughs> um, so then, but for some reason, the time in between this other book came out called uh, Hyperbole and a Half, which was a huge okay. hit. It was a graphic. She had a blog and stuff. And so, you know, publishing is like everything else, which is they have to see something succeed in order right. to be like, oh, that can work. So the timing just ended up working out because then I was on Last Comic Standing. Right. One of the people's pitch to saw me. It just went from there. Yeah. I mean, is, is it something like obviously, you know, how long have you dealt with your own depression for? Like that obviously – relates to the book. Yeah, a long time. A long I mean, I think I think looking back it was probably with the onset of puberty and you don't really know. I mean, I think like that's a very strange thing not until I was properly medicated. Right. Did I sort of look around and go, "Oh, this is how everyone else feels." Sure. I had no idea. I thought uh yeah, I didn't I didn't know. I, I it was very odd for me because for me it's a uh, mine is actually bipolar 2, which is more of the so like bipolar 1 is like heavy mania and then some depression. Those okay. are the people that like go out and like buy a boat and do stuff like that. And but bipolar 2 isn't as much fun. It's like more of the depression and then like a little bit of mania. And so but but it's the mood unevenness, and I didn't realize that everybody else looked at their life within a range. Like, you know, everyone has good days and bad days. Sure. But it always looked very – everything always looked very different for me, and I think it um, – I think it sort of, like, stunted my growth in some way because I didn't – lessons weren't cumulative for me. I never – like, I would do things – but I never learned from them that I could do them. It, like, each time I did it, it was, like, day one of doing something. Okay. But it's always hard to compare experiences because I don't know how other people feel. Like, I don't know how you feel. Well, you know, it's funny because I remember when I was feeling weird. Like, I was going through a weird time a couple years ago. Went to a neurologist, tried to figure it out. Did an MRI, all that other stuff. Couldn't figure anything out. All negative, negative, negative. And then they put me on um, antidepressants. And I was like, uh -huh. when he when he prescribed that, I was like, wait a minute, I'm not depressed. I, I, I truly know that I'm not. And it, it's amazing. I, I think I started taking like Cymbalta or something like that. And I got to tell you, it like changed my life. It did. Yeah, it was crazy. Isn't yeah. That unbelievable. Yeah. And you don't, oh I think you, God. I think you want to, I think you want to fight it because you're like, yeah, that's not me. Like I don't need right. that. And then when you start taking it and feel better, 
you're like, oh, wow, maybe something within that kicked in and is making me feel like a different person. And that and that's the thing. Like I've had so because I joke about it on stage, I've had so many people ask me, should I do medicine or should I not? And I'm like, you know, they're like, I don't want to change who I am, and I'm like, well, check with the people around you. I might be ready to change who <laughs> they you want are. you to change. Yeah. yeah. Um, but really, the, but the truth is, is like when you hit the right thing like that, yes. and like kudos to like whichever doctor, like got and it you wasn't the right, right away. Oh, it, they, it, it wasn't was, right away. We we jumped it around. Like we tried oh. this, and that didn't work. We tried lesser dose, higher dose, didn't work. Tried a new medication, higher, lower, and it. It finally, we hit on really? dry ground. Yeah, 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 which was great. That is, yeah, that's really good. And it's hard to do the stick to it thing. Like, since the, um, since the, I still have trouble saying it, since the, like, I can't say it really? seriously. I think because I didn't have, like, the most serious yeah. form of it. So I still am, like, I still had it. I did still have it. Um, so, but I think, like, since the cancer, like, I have to take other medicine for my stomach to be able, and it changes, like, how head meds are absorbed so i've since had to go off and i've been doing the experimenting oh with okay new meds and um but i will say this i think my time on the medicine that really worked uh i think it, it while i was on it for that time it kind of gave me the chance to learn the life lessons i need to which is why i'm not falling apart not on the right medicine but I, but I think medicine in general when it works it just makes you feel more like you at your best right you you shouldn't feel differently how many people do you think that are out there because you meet a lot of comics obviously yeah. how many people do you think maybe should be on it or in denial of not being on it that need it just because of our business and I mean you kind of I mean maybe you see the signs a little bit more because you know it better than anybody I know it um well, I noticed the ADD thing with certain people. Um, I don't want to say a name right now, but there's somebody like who I'll, I'll talk to, and like as he's talking, he keeps interrupting his own thought, and I'm like, "You totally need some meds." Yeah, I don't know. You gotta get something because he can't. He just keeps interrupting. Um, so that one I notice a little more. Um, you know, I will say this: I think it's so hard to pull apart what's what what's personality and what's in environment for like what we do it certainly isn't helpful if you already have something going on because our schedules are always changing but um i can't i can't say i i think the thing i'm most sensitive to is when people are like ah oh, i don't i don't need that i don't know i know ne i never needed a therapist i just never sure. and i'm just like yeah but you're the reason the rest of us are going right. right 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 yeah so i'm i'm a little more sensitive to that um but i'm all about uh you know, am I allowed to swear on? Here? Yeah, of course. Yeah, whatever it fucking takes. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. it's like there's no there's no need to be. And and here's the thing: I don't think you have to have a mental illness to feel shitty. Like you could feel shitty at any time. I think nobody makes it to a certain age without getting like a big crack, whether it's a breakup, a divorce, death of a lot. Like no one's getting through unscathed. So I feel like that heartbreak um, and having to start over. Everyone's going to deal with that at some point um i shouldn't have had it at 11 but you know sometimes it just comes in randomly but yeah it's hard to pull apart i also think too i remember a comic said 
if you meet somebody that's happy and always upbeat, they're lying to themselves. Like it's an act because they're not – there's no way that – I remember working with Joe DeRosa, the the amazing comic, and he was saying from stage, he's like, these are the medications I'm on. I'm being totally serious right now, guys. What are you guys on? Like he was curious and just kind of threw it out there to the audience because he just kind of wanted to get a gauge of the room. And people were very open and honest with him. Like I'm on Zola, I'm on whatever it was, but yeah. Oh, that's so – oh, that's so much braver than what I do. I always ask people – what, what color are your pills? I'll trade with you afterwards. Oh, so funny. I always do that. Funny. But that's, yeah, that's much better. But um, the uh, the thing about um, the being cheery all the time, like yeah. I feel like almost that's why we do, like I, that's why I can't hang out with civilians anymore. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, you can't, there's no pretensions with comedians. Like right. we just call things for what, for the most part, there's those people, you know, that, have the other thing happening, you know, their their own little marketing brand. But I just feel like when I sit in a room with comedians, it's just so no bullshit. Like right. nobody's if something weird in the room happens, then when the other person leaves, like they're just gonna call it out for what it is. And it's not mean or nasty. It's just like, look, we're not gonna pretend we didn't see it. And sure. that's what I love about comedians. But how did it go? How did this whole idea, like, I mean, obviously, you know, Lee was pitching it and stuff like that or telling you to yeah. make sure you follow through on this. How did it go from just this little, like, 10-pager to now this full-on book? I mean, what, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> I know. It is crazy. I mean, basically, like, I was given a deadline and then I just had to do it. And it was interesting because I'll be I think the publisher I was with wanted more prose, and I wanted more of what this is, like these little interstitials, because when you're depressed, like that's what you have the attention span for. Of course. I wanted it to be the kind of thing you could sort of open to anything. Um, So, uh, Like a don't sweat the small stuff kind of thing. Right, yes. But something, open it up, turn any page, and this is kind of like a, kind of a help guide. Yes. Well, it's really, I kind of try to think of it as more of like the having fun with depression. So it's like finding your depressed pose and uh, there's a there's a despair word find. And so it's interactive too. And it's kind of that, uh, yeah, kind of hits that thing that we were just talking about with comedians where it's like you just call shit out for what it is right. instead of trying to because there is something, and I don't know if you went through this when you were trying all of your pills. Sure. But there is something, like, really frustrating when you're going through that and you're sitting there going, okay, well, now I'm going to try this one. How am I going to feel? Okay, well, that one didn't work. Right. And I feel like it's that break from trying to be better and just, yeah, from and easing into what's there and just trying to make the most of it. And uh, But it's not making fun of depression right. and it's not and at the same time it's not skirting the surface i haven't found the quick pitch on the book i'll be honest with you maybe we'll figure it out here oh is it that is that that's what they kind of want they want like that elevator pitch for a selling tool well i get i just i had met with one journalist who looked at it and and uh she had said uh you know the thing is she said it's it's not she said it's it's sincere but it's not personal okay and it's funny, but it's not dismissive. So it, it doesn't really fall. And like then I was telling – like I love that because that was exactly what I wanted it to be. Like yeah. I wanted it to be a joke, but a joke that goes deep and um, and not about me. And, uh, and then when I like, told that to the marketing department, you know, I was thrilled because it hit what I wanted it to hit. But then there was that moment of like – 
yeah, and that's a really small window, and it's a, it's a tough sell. So I'm still figuring it out. Is it just cool? Because when we had on uh, Julia Sharp, he was saying, you know, he was this this guy who wasn't a great stand-up in New York, and then he comes out to L.A., and he does Craig Kilborn. He's at the NBA All-Star Game. Is it, like, for you, like— in any shape or form, like you're out grinding, you're doing these gigs, uh-huh. you never think they're going great, you're not making a lot of money, and then all of a sudden, like, you get to see your name on a book. I mean, like, you know, to me, like, nobody, there, there's very few people, mm-hmm. you know, a, a small percentage of the population that can say that. I mean, it's, you, you have, oh, thank you. you have this, like, physical object that will always be with you with your name on it. I mean, well, that's do you gotta feel be awesome. that way about a CD? About your CD? Um, if it were out, I would. Yeah, okay. But, but it, we, we never, <laughs> I was like asking we, we, that, and we, I was we like, didn't I even, think... we didn't even release it. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I mean, listen, it's like I know people do these shows, you know, to have something for their family to kind of leave down as tradition. But like, you know, I, I do think, yeah, I don't think I have any, my debt. I don't think I have anything like. Like, this is just, you know, this is something that will carry with you forever. What do we have to do to get your CD done? I know. Can we do, like, a GoFundMe and get this whole thing? Well, we had it done. It was done, and then we just didn't, uh, you know, we went by the wayside. Here's the good news about my stuff. Uh-huh. My material has not changed since we recorded that CD back in 83. So uh, we can still do it. Because we, we built it at the Acme Theater, which was a great place yes. on La Brea. We built yes. it at there. That's When we saw you taping yours, that's how we knew to tape ours there. Right, Such right. Such a great little venue. It, it is awesome. a really good little. We actually. I had the book release party there. Oh, you did? Yeah. But you know what also happens is, like, I think it's uh, it's one of those things, like, once you have one, then you sort of look, you see everyone else who has one. So I, it's not it's not quite there yet. And I'm already, like, I'm, I want to do my next thing. And, and, sure. uh, and everyone is, like, y- you know, has ideas about what I should be doing and every, everything. Like, this was a no- there's no question for me of driving to Burbank for this, but but the, it, it's so funny to me too because you know our buddy Steve Maison, you know who's done a lot of stuff and you know he yes. does any gig and every gig, but you know he won an Emmy for working on Ellen like years ago, and you know he may not be writing on a TV show now, but I mean, to me you can always walk in your room and see an Emmy. You're just like I, you know what? Listen, I don't know what happens between now and the end. But, like, I have a fucking Emmy Award. You know what I mean? Yes. And I feel like that, you know, it's like, wow, you have something tangible. Yes. And I I do feel that way. Like, I I have always, which which probably explains a lot, but I have always felt like I have this basket of projects that I want to get done. And I don't care if anyone reads them or looks at them or not. Of course. I just, that's where, but there's other people. And I think this is what I learned from hanging out with others who were doing better in the market. Um who you know there's like who who play more to market and it's like well if you're going to play anything you do is going to be backbreaking so it's right. like might as well do it so it can sell and uh but I think if you would have asked me I definitely have like that comedian thing of like I know how I want to do it I don't want to be told how right. to do it I know what I want it to look like and um you know and then I get stuck in the middle and I'm all you know all of that Stuff that gets in our way, um, but uh, I don't have a vision other right. than I other than I wish I had a lot of money to get like my five bucket list projects done. Like some people want to go see New Zealand, and, right. I'm, and I'm just like, no, I have this app I want to design, and, <laughs> right? You know, and, just different things. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, but I do find that very strange. How like we're all in the same industry, but all of our 
heads work a little differently. Yeah. We're all suited for something a little different, and we don't necessarily get a choice over what right. that is. Right. You know, like that's that sucks. It, you know? There are these times where, you know, it's, it, it's definitely a weird industry. And then I'll be hanging out at the improv and feel this great form of family. And I'm like, oh, wow, I really love being in this business. Yes. That's and what that, it is. And that, yes. But I think that's where that's that sort of common, I think, that common denominator of what we have. Like, if you go out and are with people that have real lives and jobs, like, there's only so long you could carry on right. that talk that just sits right on the surface. Right. You know, where you're, I always think of that line, uh, um, it was a league of their own and Lovitz is on the train and the guy is like, and I, you know, sold this and I have this whole region and Lovitz is just sitting there drinking and then he goes, if I had your job, I'd shoot myself. (laughs) 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 But it is, it's like everybody has their different path. I mean, it it is, it's absolutely crazy. But at the end of the day, you you know, when you haven't seen somebody for a couple of years and you do see them, it's like you haven't left. It's like, you know, you catch up immediately with, hey, wasn't that a shitty room in Dayton, Ohio? And isn't that, you know what I mean? Like it all comes together. Yes, no time passes. Nothing. it's like we all come from – it's like we're all cousins from this same yeah. dysfunctional family. Yeah. And we were like, remember that? And you could never explain it to people never. Never. on the outside. Never. And they all think that they know be- – okay, I'm just talking about my family now. Right. But uh, yeah, they all think that they know because people think and – and that way depression and comedy are the same thing. Like people think because – they've experienced it or because they watch comedy they know, they know comedy or they know how it's done and what works and we should just get off this topic. <laughs> well i'm so happy for you i'm so Thank excited you. about the book how to be depressed a guide where, really fast where can they find the uh the book miss eagle oh um i think right now probably the best place is uh the amazon the amazon dot dot com is the best place okay. to get it i think yeah, because especially everyone has that Amazon Prime and stuff. I yeah. know because uh, my publisher's like part part publisher, part uh, gift shop. They're at knock 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 oh. knock stuff dot com, so they can actually check out their stuff too. They have some really really funny and cool stuff there also, so they could get it there as well. And what is your uh, uh, website and Twitter and all that other oh, good stuff? Oh, Dana Eagle yes. dot com and yes. Dana Eagle tweets. And uh, maybe my Facebook is Dana is cool. I had Dana Eagle, you did and then have Dana I was is like, cool. <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." Um, shows coming up on the road. Coming up, what do you got? Coming up, uh, March 11th. I'm doing something uh, Jewy in Florida. <laughs> March 18th, I'm uh, doing something not Jewy in Seattle. Okay. And uh, and I yeah I don't. Oh, tomorrow I'm in Santa Barbara, but this is gonna air before tomorrow. Damn it. Yeah, Damn I can't pull it all whole, together. You can't. I mean. We'll edit that. Dana Eagle. No, we won't. <laughs> Dana Eagle, thank you so much, not only for the book that you so kindly sent to me through the mail, but for your friendship over the years. Thank you. And uh, for your mom, who's so nice. You've been fantastic. You really have. Okay, we're not going to turn it into that. But you really have been. Like, there no, wasn't we, even a question when you were like, do you want to call in or you come? And it was like, oh, I'm coming. Uh, that's, I mean, we I'm love coming. when people There's come no in, question. but I know it's time schedules. We let, you know, it's like we give it open to them but I it, it does we appreciate when people come I'm in. not gonna accomplish anything for another 10 years anyway, and so. listen and listen no cupcakes when you call in <laughs> so there you go that's the benefit of coming in you have cupcakes that's true oh so enjoy God. those These are unbelievable and Susie's cakes Susie's cakes enjoy and let them. me tell you something there's a lot in here and I'm yeah. I don't plan on sharing with anyone I wouldn't fuck them no way fuck them yeah absolutely Aaron got his own box too you, do you get a box every day I, I mix it up okay. yeah, yeah yeah all right 
So there it is. Okay. Enjoy those. Let Good me know what you think of them. The red velvet's my favorite. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be gone they're by the time gone I get home. They're going to be gone by the car home. ride. Yeah. Danny Eagle, thank you so much. The Gentleman's Dojo, Steve Byrne, will be back again soon. Thank you to Bill Burr, Al Madrigal, everybody here at All Things Comedy. Keep listening. Dana Eagle, check out her book, How to Be Depressed, A Guide. I've been your host, Gary Cannon. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.